We've been in a, a series over the past several weeks called Hey Siri, and there's some questions that Siri can't answer. And we have been walking through this time trying to say, you know, in the midst of life, there are a lot of decisions that we have to make, sometimes choices that we have to make. And it's not always easy. Sometimes the time of making choices and decisions can get pretty rough. And some of those decisions that we have to make or not make are not as easy as right and wrong. Sometimes it's between best and better. Sometimes it's the difference between my will and God's will. And this is what we've come to learn and understand is that in life, um, some of the difficulties that we face, the decisions that we face, the consequences of those decisions are not just temporary. Sometimes it's just not hurt feelings. Sometimes it's lasting consequences that go on and on and even pass down from generation to generation. And so what we've been doing in this series is we have been giving you some questions to help you in the decision-making process. And these flow right out of God's Word. These are not just questions that we've sort of picked from the sky and said, okay, well, this is a good question. These are, these are questions that we find embedded into God's Word. And, and I don't know how you view God's Word. I don't know how you use God's Word. But this is what I know God's Word was given to us for a specific reason, not just to sit on a desk in the room at the house to make it look good and collect some dust, or even to bring to church, but it was made, and God gave it to us so that we would have his word, his story, not just about history, but his story of his love for us. The Bible, God's word gives us direction, it gives us encouragement. I'm reminded of what Paul had to say in 2 Timothy chapter, chapter 3. Here's Paul, he's near the end of his life, he is in prison, in what's called the Mamertine prison. He's down in that cell, that dirty, dark cell, and he is writing to Timothy, and in the midst of his writings, Paul knew his time was near. And some of the last words that Paul would pen would be in reference to God's word and the importance of God's word in Timothy's life and for him to hold on to it. And listen at what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, in reference to the word. He said this, all scriptures were inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong. It teaches us to do what is right. God uses it, the Word, His Word, the Scriptures, to prepare us and equip His people to do every good word. Now, I want to teach you something. This is something you want to hold on because I'm going to simplify it and summarize it very quickly for you. God's Word teaches us what's right, what's right, teaches us how to get right. It teaches us What's not right and how to stay right. What's right, what's not right, how to get right, and how to stay right. You might want to practice that in your homes. God's Word teaches us what's right, what's not right, how to get right, and how to stay right. And so that's a way to summarize. Staying in the Word, holding on to the Word is very important. And that's what Paul told Timothy, and that's what I'm telling you today. We need to hold on to God's Word. And so it's been out of God's Word that we found these questions We've been talking about these questions that would help us in the decision-making process. And we talked the first week about how is it, you know, how am I being truthful? Am I being truthful in the process of making my decisions? Uh, because if you know, man, it's really easy to talk ourselves into something or out of something based on what we want or what we don't want. And we learned the first week that, listen, the Bible says that our heart is deceitful above all things. And you better check yourself. You better be honest and you better be truthful with ourselves. Because it's easy to make some really wrong decisions because we're listening to what we want instead of what we may need and what God's Word has to say. The second question we talked about was, was this, is 
One day we're going to have to look back and tell a story, and the question was, what kind of story do I want to one day look back and, and tell? I don't know about you, but there's some things in my life I'd rather not go back and have to repeat or even talk about. But as we sit around the table talking with kids or grandkids or reflecting with friends, what kind of story do you want to one day, one day tell? I, 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 asked, I asked some people that question this past week. They were in the midst of making some really tough decisions, hard decisions, and I asked the question, I just posed the question, listen, one day you're going to look back on this time and this moment in life, and, and you're going to look back, and my, my only question is this, what kind of story do you want to one day tell? What do you want to see come out of this? And they just looked at me, because I knew that question was instrumental in making a choice that they needed to make. Then last week we looked at the question, is there a stress that needs to be addressed. If you were with us last week, we talked about the story of, of David and Saul and how Saul was pursuing David. He had become jealous of David. David was running from Saul. He was hiding from Saul. Several times he found himself in a cave. And at the story that we looked back at last week in 1 Samuel, here's, here's David hiding in a cave. Saul's coming along. Here is Saul. He gets off and he, he goes into this cave to go to the bathroom. And it was there at that moment that it looked like David's prayers had been answered. Saul has been delivered into his hands, and those guys that were with him said, look, man, this is your chance. This is your opportunity. Take his life right now, and you can be king. And the Bible says that, that David crawled, or he, he crept. He, he, he made his way towards Saul. And in that, in that place between where he started and where he ended up, there was a stress that David had to address. Do I do what feels right? Or do I listen to what God's word has to say? Do I do, I do what I, I want to do, what everybody's telling me to do? Or do I do what I know God wants me to do? And David didn't kill him, but he let him go. And if you know more about the story, what David said is, I'm not going to replace what God has put in place. And he obeyed God. And what we said last week near the end of our time is that our opportunities, these opportunities that we have in life when we're making choices, especially when we address the stress of nothing more than opportunities for us to practice what we preach, for us to put feet to our, to our faith. Um, and before we go on to a last question, this is, this is what I know about some of you that are listening today, because there are probably some of you that are listening to my voice, that you aren't a believer, that you aren't a follower of, of Christ. And for some of you that are listening to my voice today, there might be some of you that there's this stirring that's going on in your heart and you're beginning to, to think that maybe, maybe there is something to Christianity. Maybe there is more to this life than just this life. Maybe, maybe just maybe, that, that Jesus did die for our sins. And maybe, maybe God has a plan and a, and a purpose for our lives. I want you to know that those are some of the same things that I was thinking about back years and years ago when I was contemplating my decision to follow and, and choose to, to trust Christ. And, um, and that may be you today, and you might be right there at the place of just saying, man, Jesus, I want to follow you. Well, today may, may be that day. But this fourth question that we're going to talk about is a big question because um, for those of us that are Christ followers... Um, we believe that whenever God allows us to be part of something special, that there's an opportunity for us to receive praise or receive accolades uh, or receive credit. I mean, that's great. 
I mean, that's awesome. I mean, it's great when somebody says, man, good job. I mean, way to go. Good job, Brian, or good job, Allison, or good job, Troy, or good job, Travis, good job, Bill, or Susan. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. I mean, as great as that praise is, as, as awesome as that may be and as it may feel, we weren't created to just receive that praise and hold on to it. But we were created to pass it on. See, God created us in his image to do some incredible things. Incredible things. But hanging on to that glory and hanging on to that praise of the accomplishments and those successes wasn't one of those things that we were created to do. Now, it would seem logical that the more praise and the more accolades and the more times we see our name in the paper and the more people clap for us, the more valuable or worthy we would be. But that's not true. That's not true at all. The Bible doesn't say, I can do all things, but the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I mean, listen, there's a lot of stuff that we can do. We can be a great athlete. We can be a great teacher. I mean, we can be a great employee or a great employer. We can be a gifted teacher or even a gifted speaker or leader. But as Christians, we ultimately believe that every good work, every good work, everything that we're a part of isn't just a result of our effort but it's a result of Christ in us. Gifts, the talents, the abilities, eventually it all comes from the Lord who gives us freely. And when somebody pats us on the back or somebody gives us credit in some type of a way, and man, they, yeah, man, you just did a great job. When we receive that praise and we, we, when we receive that credit, what I want to say is that that's not where it stops. But it's an opportunity for us to be able to brag about the greatness of who God is. It's what it is. Um, you know, probably you've seen it somewhere before. I know you've seen it online. There's an award ceremony. Somebody gets recognized for, you know, how many yards, or they get an MVP award, or somebody gets a, you know, the, the, the greatest selling record of, of this year, or the greatest performer, and somebody stands up and they say, I just want to give God the glory. Yeah. But then again, I've seen just the opposite of well. I've seen people stand up and the only thing they want to talk about is them, themselves. But then may, we be, may we be reminded that our works, our efforts, the awards, the accolades aren't for us to be able to hold on to as believers. But it's an opportunity for us to give credit where credit is due. Um, that is, Christ followers, we weren't created to hold on to the praise, but we were created to bring honor and praise to the Lord in everything that we, that we do. Um, so I having said that, what I want to do is I want to introduce to you our next question, if I could do so, and you might want to write this down. I think this is a pretty important question. I think this is a very um, examining question because there's a lot of questions we got to ask in reference to this question that I'm going to give you today, and so let me give that to you. The question is this. As I look at the options, as I look at the options that are presented in my, in, my, in my way at this moment in time, the choices that I have to make, which one is the, is the option that brings God the most glory? And what we're going to do is we're going to look at a couple of passages today that I think will help bring some of this together. Allison has already spoke about one of those, but if you want to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, I'm going to make reference to that in just a second, and then I'm going to move in, into the book of Matthew, the gospel of Matthew, into chapter 5, where Allison spoke. But before that, I, I want to read to you, 
I, I want to read to you a passage of scripture out of John, the gospel of John in chapter 15. And I want you to understand that this theme of giving God the glory is something we see throughout the scriptures. It's not just in one passage of scripture, two passages. But I want you to understand that's a responsibility for us as Christ followers. And I want you to know that this is what it says in John chapter 15, verse, verse 5, that I am the vine, you are the branches, and those who remain in me and I in them will bear much fruit. From apart from me, you can do nothing. And then he goes on to say in verse 8, this is what Jesus said, when we produce much fruit, hear what he says, when we produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. And then here's the, here's the statement I want you to I want you to underline in your Bible. This brings God, this brings great glory to the Father. Isn't that awesome? When we bear much fruit, when we do and live as we should live, what it does is it, it honors the Lord. It honors the Lord. I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians, and let me, let me just stop here just for a second because we're going to be here just for a few minutes. But here's Paul writing to the church at Corinth. The church at Corinth was made up of Gentile believers. These were not Jews, but these were Gentiles. They didn't grow up in the Jewish faith. They didn't grow up under the law. But these were Gentiles that had come to know Christ. They were believers. And Paul is writing to the church there in the midst of all the corruption, not only on the outside of the walls of the church, but also on the inside. And so here's Paul saying something that probably you've heard said before. Why in the world are you guys acting the way that you act? And why are you cutting a fool like that? That's not who you are. Man, that's not who you are in Christ. You're different. You're different. You're supposed to live a blameless life centered on Christ and his teachings. And look at what he says in chapter 1, verse, verse 10. I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Now, do you think Paul's just bringing that up out of nowhere? I mean, why do you think he's writing that? He's writing that because there's some confusion going on. There's disharmony. That's why he's saying it. He's not saying it because there's harmony. And he goes on to say, let there be no divisions in the church, rather be of one mind, united in thought and in purpose. Paul's saying, look, guys, you've been set apart. You're different. You've got Christ in you. You're supposed to be reflecting Christ. You're not supposed to be reflecting the world and its priorities. I mean, here you are battling for position. You're, you're battling for, for prominence. And Paul says, look, you guys need to check yourself. You need to check yourself. And then he goes on to say this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. Listen to what he says. Remember, remember who he was talking to. He's talking to believers. Don't you realize that your, your body, don't you realize your body is the temple? I mean, the place where God resides, where he lives. I mean, doesn't that speak volumes to us at this time when we've been focused so much on trying to get back in the building, in a building to worship? <laughs> Paul would say, no, no, Christ in you, Christ in you. I understand the gathering and I understand the fellowship, but Christ in, in you. He says, goes on to say of the Holy Spirit is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in, in where? In you. In you and was given to you by God. It wasn't something that you just inherited. It wasn't something that you thought up. It wasn't something you was able to do, you were able to do on yourselves. Man, the Holy Spirit, God gave it to us and he resides within us. And then he goes on to say, 
you do not belong to yourself. Verse 20, for God brought you with a high price. I mean, what happened? Jesus shed his blood. He shed his blood on, on Calvary. 2,000 years ago, he became the Lamb of God that was sacrificed for the sins of the world. Not once and again and again, but once and for all, he gave his life. So he says this, you must honor God with your body. In other words, when you live, as you interact, as you act, we should all live to honor God. Now just for a moment... Just think about your actions this past week. How you been living? How have you been acting? How have you been interacting with other people? Hmm. Give you just a little bit of context here. Paul was talking in reference to sexuality and to morality. But this is what I know. That question is, how do I best honor God with my body? Even though he's speaking about sexuality and morality, isn't that applicable to every area of our lives? How do I bring glory to God? Then turn over with me to Matthew chapter 5. It's a passage that Allison just walked with you. And Allison, what a great illustration. What a great illustration. I would like to say that God ordained that trip for you guys last night so you could see that. It's an incredible, incredible experience. Well, here we are. We have Jesus speaking at what's called what we know as the Sermon on the Mount. Inside of that Sermon on that Mount is Jesus is speaking to the people that are gathered there. This is what he says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. You ready? You, you and you and you and you, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. When we were on vacation out west, uh, one of the places that we stopped, we stopped in what was called Mesa Verde. Uh, it's a national park and uh, pretty cool place, pretty neat place. I asked Jesus to come quickly one time because we were on a hike that was only supposed to be like a mile or two and it ended up being like 10 miles. And I, don't, I just asked Jesus, listen, if you want to send a helicopter at this moment in time, I would be perfectly fine with that. But he didn't send a helicopter, but I finished, but I was dead after that. But anyway, so one night we were, one of the nights we were there, two nights, and uh, Caleb and I decided he wanted to get some pictures right before dark of some, some wildlife, and so we went out, and it was pretty close to dark, and he got some pictures of some different animals, one being some wild horses, and then some others, some big deer, and we all like big deer, those of us that are hunters, we like to see big deer. But it was really unique because as, as it was getting dark, um, we were staying in a, in a place that was called... I think it's Farview Lodge, and it's Farview Lodge because it's a far view from everything, okay? It's in the middle of nowhere. And so um, we're traveling back, and, and I, I know that we've got a picture, and you really can't see it that well because just the, 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 uh, the picture, the way it was taken. But we're, from where we were, the lodge sort of set up on a hill, and you could see it. And you could see, and it sort of it glowed in the, it glowed in the dark. Because there it was, way up there on that hill in darkness. We, if, even if we couldn't see, we could see that, that place that we were staying because it was lit up in the middle of the dark. And this is what I know. There's a contrast between light and darkness. Think about that for a second. I mean, Allison had a, had a, a lighter, and I don't know how you kept that lit for so long. It usually burns my finger. But, but um, anyway, I, I, 
a little light in a dark place makes a huge impact. And there's a difference between darkness and light. And listen to what he goes on to say. And don't miss this. Man, don't miss it. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. I mean, when, when I'm outside at dark, I mean, I don't take a light with me and then I put it in my pocket never to take it out. When I take a light, I'm going to use it for a purpose. I'm going to take that light and if I'm, I'm going to shine it. I'm going to look and make sure I'm going in the right direction. And I can't stand it when the light goes out in the middle of the darkness. That's not good. And listen to what, listen to what Jesus is saying here. Nobody lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Why would Jesus give us the Holy Spirit for us to keep it under cover? No, not at all. Not at all. Look at what he says. So instead, a lamp is placed on a stand, a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, in other words, in the same way that you would light a lamp and, and you would put it up in a room and you would hold it up for, in the midst of the darkness for all to see, he said, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Wow. You know there should be a connection between what we believe and how we behave. Think about that. There should be a connection between what we believe and how we behave. And here's Jesus saying, listen, just as we live life and make decisions, the goal in life, the, our goal in life isn't just pleasure for myself, but our goal in life should be to live in such a way that others see Christ in us. That here we are, a light God has placed his light inside of us, the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. No one comes to the Father except through me. And that light has been given to us. And here we are. Our life should be a point, a, a point, a placement, that what we do is that we point others to Christ. We are on display for the world to see, not so that we receive the glory so that we can point others to Christ. I mean, thinking about your life this past week, what, what have you been pointing people to? I mean, what's, have you been trying to draw attention to yourself, or have you been trying to point others towards Christ? In other words, in the midst of the decisions that we make, how many times are we willing to stop and ask ourselves, you know, the choice that I'm considering right now, the choice that I'm walking through right now in my life, and I'm, I'm, I'm at a place of having to make. Am I making that decision in such a way that it's going to bring honor and glory to the Father? You ever think about that? I mean, every decision that we make, do we come to the place of saying, is my decision going to honor God or dishonor Him? Hmm. I mean, in, in the midst of my decision-making and the choices that I am, I am trying to, to make, am I thinking about honoring God or am I just thinking about pleasing self? See, it's that question, out of all my options, which is the one that brings God the most glory? See, it, it's that question that gets really hard and it leads us to make some really, really tough decisions. 
I mean, it's that question when we ask that question, am I, am I making this decision so that it honors God? It's that kind of a, it's that kind of a, a question that leads us to, to walk against the flow of a crowd that may be going in a different direction. Think about it. I mean, here you are, you're faced with a decision, everybody else is going this way, and you go, no, I want to honor the Lord with my actions, and you go this direction. I mean, it's that kind of a question that causes us to bypass a promotion because we were listening to God in His voice. It's that kind of a, a question that prompts us uh, to live a life, instead of living a life of extravagance and trying to please myself, that I'm, I'm thinking about, not the temporary, but I'm thinking about the t- eternal. It's that type of a question that causes us to invest in eternity instead of just the temporary. It's that kind of question that causes us to do some things that people go, what? Because it's odd. See, the choices that we may make when we, ask, when we ask that question may be ridiculous to the world around us, especially from a worldly perspective. But when you're listening to the Lord and you're seeking to please Him and you want to honor Him, maybe it's not really that crazy at all. Especially when we're asking ourselves what would be most honoring to God. See, when we ask that question, it's, it helps us make decisions like, as a family, like, you know, we're not going to go out once a month and we're going to take that money. And what we're going to do is we're going to sponsor a missionary over in so-and-so. See, when we ask that question, it's the, it's the type of questions that says, you know, I'm going to volunteer to serve, not just because Miss Allison's asking for people to serve in, in children's environments because we're going to do service, but I'm going to serve because I want to make a difference and I want my light to be able to shine in a place of darkness. I want to invest my life in children. See, it's that type of a question that causes people to gather and to do out, do out with their own agenda on a Sunday night at 7 o'clock to say, hey, man, I want to spend some time praying and going before the Lord and asking for protection and asking for a prayer for, for those that are leading our schools. It's that, it's that type of a question that, that a married couple who is struggling opts instead of giving up on the relationship, they, they decide to fight for the relationship. It's that type of a question that causes a family to move. And they don't have to move. It's that type of a question that causes a, a family to, to move, not because it's a better pay or opportunity, because they say, God, I hear your voice, and I'm listening to you, and I want to be obedient. See that question, what decision will bring God the most glory. That's a pretty dangerous question, isn't it? Yeah. But that's the question that our Heavenly Father wants us to be able to ask so that we can live the way that He intended for us to live. And it's that type of question, what what is the option that brings God the most glory that takes us from a place of just doing church to being the church? Did you hear what I said? Yeah. It's a dangerous question. It takes us beyond what benefits me most to how do I live a legacy of faith that will be passed on from generation to generation. I mean, we can live for ourselves and and we can gain glory. And man, we can receive it and we can hoard it. All of it that comes our way. But I can tell you this, it's only going to satisfy that hunger that you have, that hole that you have for a short amount of time. And then all of a sudden you're going to have to have it again. 
You'll only find yourself empty and lost over and over and over. But there's a sense of courage that comes when we ask ourselves that question. Out of all my options, which is the one that brings God the most glory? And not only do we ask that question, we're willing to answer that question and make a decision from that perspective. And so here's a challenge. I know this is simple this morning, but here's the challenge. Over the next couple of days and next week, you're going to be faced with some choices and decisions. My question is, out of all your options that you're weighing, which is the one that brings glory to God, and are you going to be willing to stop and pause and pray and say, Jesus, I want to honor you. I want to challenge you guys. See, see, some of our kids are already back at school. And guys, look, I know it's got to be hard to deal with some of these changes. Teachers, administrators, I know it's got, it's got to be hard to deal with some of, the, some of the things that are going on. But man, listen, I'm just going to challenge you to ask the question. Out of all my options, which is the one that brings God the most glory? Complain, whine, bellyache, fuss, talk bad about? Or God, what do I do to most honor you? How in the midst of all of this can I bring you the glory instead of whining and belly aching? That's all you got to do. See, some of you are going to go back to the job place tomorrow and you're going to face some tensions. And the only question I have to ask you is this. Out of all the options, which God is the one that honors you the most? Some of you are in the homes right now and you're facing all kinds of conflict. You're at, you're at conflict with your spouse. The question, out of your options, which is the one that honors God the most? Hanging in or bailing out? I'm not just going to ask you to do it. I'm just going to ask you to think about it. I'd love for you to do it. But let's just take a step and even beginning to think in that direction. Because I'll tell you this, there's more to this life than this life. And God has a plan, and he has a purpose, and he wants you to be a light. He just doesn't want you to come to church and give the rest of your life, your tithes, and your time to coming to church on Sunday morning. Listen, you have been filled with the Holy Spirit to be a light to the world so that you can be an ambassador for him. We just need to be willing in the midst of the choices that we make to pause and ask ourselves, out of all these options, God, which is the one that brings you the most glory? And you probably say, well, Pastor said that's... That's crazy. No, it's not that crazy. Every area. And see what you'll find out. If you'll begin to ask yourself that question, I promise you, all of a sudden, you'll begin to see some changes. You'll start seeing some things happen. You'll start seeing the Holy Spirit begin to work. You'll start seeing some people that are coming to you saying, man, what's going on in your life? Because you're different. There's something going on in your life that's different. Can you tell me? Can you tell me? I wonder how many of you are bold enough. See, it's, you're really bold about putting certain opinions and things down on Facebook and social media. You're really good about, you know, telling people how you feel. What about telling people today, I'm making a commitment, I'm all in. What about this? Hashtag, hashtag, I want to honor God. That's all you got to say. What about this? Hashtag, Legacy of faith. Hashtag, I want to live for Jesus. 
Man, you want, you, want to, you want to be bold and you want to be courageous and you want to let the world know, listen, I just don't go to so-and-so church, but I want to live for God. I want to live for Jesus. I want to live a legacy of faith. How about hashtagging those things? I want to honor God. Hashtag legacy of faith. Hashtag I want to live for Jesus. Man, this is a great time to declare your faith. Not just hide over here and say, well, I go to church or I'm a member of the so-and-so. But what about I want to live for Jesus and I want you to hold me accountable because I'm different. I want to honor God with my life. I want my life to reflect God's glory. Maybe you're sitting up under my voice today and you've, just like we talked about earlier, you've never trusted Christ. What about you today? Today has the ability to be the life, a life-changing day. The day that you say yes to, this, to Christ. What is it that keeps you from making the most important decision of your life? See, to follow Christ, there's really two questions that have to be answered. What is it I need to know and what is it I need to do? What you need to know is that God loved and that God gave. God loved us, and as a result of his love, he gave us something that only he could give. He gave his son, Jesus Christ, who was willing to die on the cross for our sins. That's what you need to know. But what is it you need to do? Believe and receive. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. What is it you need to know? You need to know that God loves you, and that God gave only something that he could give his son as a sacrifice for our sins. What is it you need to do? To believe it. Man, I believe that Jesus did it. Second of all, receive it right there where you are to be able to pray, Jesus, I want to trust you. I want to humble myself before you. I want to believe. I want to honor you with my life. Man, I've made a mess of stuff. God, will you save me today? And right there where you are, you have the ability to pray that. Right there where you are. Pray something like this, Jesus, man, I have just messed life up. And for the first time in my life, I believe. I believe that you, that you love me, and I believe that you gave your son who was willing to die. And I believe it, but today, I want to receive it. Will you save me today? And if that's you, listen, man, I would love for us to be able to have some interaction some communication to be able to talk to you about this decision and help you on this journey. See, there's some of you probably listening to my voice. You've made a decision someplace in a, in a, in a moment of quietness. It could have been in a service someplace. It could be in a, in a home situation where you were walking through a time of difficulty and you cried out to God and asked him to save you, but you've never followed through in baptism, which is a public declaration of your faith. You have the ability to declare your faith today publicly. Man, just look. I mean, text me. Text us at that 352-358-7770 and put baptism. Just say, Batman, I want to bat. Or maybe, that, maybe you're here and you've made that decision to follow Christ for the first time just to be able to, to put decision, to text that word decision to that text, that text line. We would love to communicate and carry on this conversation with you to help you in this journey. But I wonder how many of us are bold enough and courageous enough to be able to, 
to hashtag some of those things. I want to follow God. I want to live for Jesus. I want to live a legacy of faith. You want to brag about something, brag about Jesus. May he be given the glory. And in the decision-making process, may we be willing to ask ourselves the question, God, out of all the options that we have, what is the option that brings you the most glory? Would you pray with me this morning? Father, what a blessed day it is for us to be able to read your word, to listen to your word, and to hear the Holy Spirit's voice. Allison had prayed earlier that, God, would you open up our hearts? Would we be able to hear you clearly? I pray today that we have. Help us to not... Help us to not seek to draw attention to ourselves and light to ourselves. But, Father, help me. Help us to be a reflection of the light, Jesus, and to point others to you. Because you are our hope. You are everything. May we be a reflection of your love so that the world may come to know you personally. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.